How many think there must be a door involved? I walked in. Becca said it took me five seconds. <laughs> anyway, so extend your hand towards her. She cannot touch our hearts. Only the Holy Spirit can. So we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to fall upon her in a way it's never fallen before. And that out of her mouth will flow rivers of living water that will bring delight and refreshment and regeneration to us because your word is so alive. And we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. We ask that our hearts would so receive your word. God, speak to us. Challenge us. Love on us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is so good. Isn't he so good? Well, yeah, this is an open door. So I want to know how many of you walk through a door today so far? How many doors have you actually walked through today? Think about it. Like go back. How many of you open doors? Like I opened the refrigerator and I shut the refrigerator. I opened the refrigerator. You know, like did you open that one? A cupboard to get a cup out, a door. How many you walked, open the car door? There's lots of doors in our lives, yes? Did you have to knock on any of them today? Not yet. If you came to my house, you might have to knock on my door. I mean, there's so many times that there's doors, and I want to read to you the verse, John 10, 7. And it says, And Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And I want you to think about a door, because I think a lot of times when you come across the thought of a door, it actually is something that keeps you from going in. You think about it like that, like, how am I going to get inside of that? Uh, it's It's a closed structure in my mind, like sometimes it's a very closed space. And I want you to reconsider that it's actually a space to access, that it isn't a, the door that Jesus is isn't a closed space. It's just an access space. It's not locked. It's not shut. Actually, everything he has is through that. And, and he says that he himself is the door. So you want to turn it around for me? Jesus is the door. And all the space he has between you and in the space that he has is open and free. It's fully accessible. The word is 100% accessible to you. All of the promises are 100% accessible to you. Everything of himself is accessible to you. In Matthew 7, 7 through 8, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. And knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, say, that's me. That's me. Everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. You can put it, put it down there. I want to thank Isaiah for holding the door for us. I think there's so much to be said about the idea of him being the door in our lives. The thought, the idea of it is 
it's just been almost like overwhelming to my senses that this morning, just as I thought about it more as an access point and the thought of that when we come into situations in our lives and we don't know what to do or we don't know how to get through it or we're not sure, like that as he stands there, he opens the well of sort of all of himself that makes everything available to you to be able to handle the wisdom that you need, the revelation that you need, and the door never shuts. So as he reveals himself to you in spaces, even this morning, that maybe you've never seen him like that before, it, it's never a closed space again. It's not like you, you have a moment and it's like the door's going to shut and I'm going to get, I, I'm going to just peek through the side of it, you know. It's a full access. And someone said to me last night is when, when the Lord opens himself up like to you like that, that it's actually like a corridor that never ends. There is an intense space that with him that no matter how long you search and seek in that one vein of who he is, it will never stop. That you'll always find more. So if you're like, well, I know him as healer. There's something more to know him as healer. It never, ever ends. There's always something that's available to you because he's a God that's ever expanding. He's a God that's ever going forward. There's something for you in 2024 of more of him than you've ever experienced before. Even if you took all the sum of your life and all the experiences that have been amazing with God. You could take all of that and and today it could even be more than all of that combined. That's how powerful the God you serve is. That's how exciting he is. That's how creative he is. That's how amazing he is. That's how much he's the answer. He's already become the answer that you have need of in any situation. That's why he says, I'm the door. Because you need an answer for something, and he's the answer. He's the access point of all of the kingdom of heaven. And and in searching, in seeking, in knocking, it's just your faith at work. It's just faith at work, saying, I'm going to go after the presence of the Lord. I'm going to knock on this door. I'm going to see. And then your faith is activated in that space. And I want to take you into a story of Luke 18. If you turn in your Bibles... I got a new Bible for Christmas, but I, I'm still working on using it. You know, sometimes it's challenging to switch. I want to read to you this story. And I really feel like there's some, something in it for you this morning. And maybe you've heard it because the man that is sitting by the roadside begging, his name was Blind Bartimaeus, I believe. There's like three accounts through the, the, the Gospels, and this is Luke's account. And he doesn't name him. But we could call him Blind Bart, be comfortable, become friends with him, whatever. And he was sitting there, and he's been sitting in this situation. And sometimes we do, we find ourselves just like Blind Bart, sitting in our situations. And he's been sitting there for a long time. And then, like, hype happens around us, and things happen around us, and we get excited. And, and that's kind of what was happening there. there. was a crowd going by, and he kind of heard it because he couldn't see it. 
And sometimes we are very blind to our situations and what's going on. We can hear, but we don't really, you know, perceive or we don't see. And he inquired, well, what's going on? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. All of a sudden, the access point, the door was right in front of him. I have no idea what he knew about Jesus, except that at some point he must have heard he was a healer. Because he did not cry out for any of the other people that were in the the room. He cried out for Jesus, the son of David. And then all those that were around him said, shh, be quiet, quit it. And I think sometimes in our situations and we're like, we're stuck. We don't know what to do. We start crying out to God. And people are like, just, just do this. Stop it. Just do that. Just stop it. Just stop talking, you know. And he was, he was being interrupted. And he was, the crowd was saying something different than what he was wanting. Pay attention to who you listen to. Because the people in front of him rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more. I can't imagine what it must have sounded like. Son of David, have mercy on me. Have you ever felt that? That you're in your situation and it's so hard and it's been so long that nothing will stop you from saying, God, I need you. Have mercy on me. And sometimes we need to get past what all of the people around us are saying and we need to cry out all the more. And Jesus heard him and said, well, why don't you bring him over here? And so he came near to him and he said, what do you want me to do for you? And blind Bartimaeus said to him, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed glorifying God. And all the people that saw it gave praise to God. If you put up the, next, the, the two verses that sit next to each other. You only see one, but I really want you to see both of them. Is there a way to put both of them up there? No? Okay. There's no gap. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said, recover your sight. There was zero gap. I feel like in the gap, we get doubt and we get nervous and we get worried about it happening. And Jesus showing you a picture of a door right here that says there's no gap because in heaven it was settled. And I think that there's things in our lives that we have to take a hold of, of the promise that there's not a gap. We can't allow there to be a gap because in him, he knew he had access Jesus knew that the promise was his, and he knew if he spoke it, it was blind Bartimaeus's, and faith took hold of it. Faith was the key, that access point to what he needed, and and the Bible tells us very clearly that the righteous shall live by faith. That means you were required to not live on bread or soda, or coffee, even though I really like that a lot. But by faith, 
to live by faith. Faith is the access point of going and saying, I'm going to seek God out in this. I'm going to knock on this door. I'm going to, I'm going to walk through into this moment. To have that pursuit of faith. To know that the thing that you're looking for is already settled in heaven. That there's an unlimited space of that even. Not just that if God provides for me once, then I'm good. All right, good, great. That's awesome. But know that he's my provision every day in every moment. There's an access to that by faith. It's active. It's an active moving to possess what you already have been given. And I feel like the Lord is wanting you to own the door, own it, to take hold of what God has spoken over you even this morning. If you forgot all the other things that God has said, and you just took hold of some of the promises that were declared over your life for this year and said, I'm owning that, it would shift the trajectory of your life. And Jesus showed us that picture. He said, look, this is, this is the living Jesus, the Holy Spirit in Jesus, and this is what I'm doing. And then he, and he showed us, okay, the guy's struggling. I'm going to give access to him, and I'm going to let him, I'm going to have him recover his sight so that you might see that you can do it too. That that account is settled in heaven. That healing is something that's a heritage of yours. That's something, a promise of yours that was paid for. That you can actually speak it over someone else. And you should see it happen as just the same as Jesus. Because faith accesses those things. In Matthew 16, 9, it says, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom. So you possess something. You actually have ownership in this. You have ownership in the world currently, in the, in the time that you live in. You own this space. And I think it's different when we actually look at it and we think about our owner as ownership and taking ownership in it. Rather than maybe that'll happen and that's God's, you know, he can do whatever. And he's saying, no, you pray, let my kingdom come and my will be done. You speak that. So I want to sh- show you a picture of it. So does anybody, like we have these boxes up here. Anybody in the room have a key to one of them? Why don't you come open one and see what's inside? So wait, hold up. So last night, what did you ask me for? He asked me last night for M&M's. You ask and you receive. It's a biblical promise. Do you have a key to it? Oh, do you think Grace would want to open one? Why don't you ask her? You want to open one? You're right. I do have a key. Just random. It's color-coded, so you have to pick the one that's got the right color. Oh, these are for you. Show them. 
college student money. You need money for college? Yeah, yeah. You can sit down. You can have it too. You see how much is in there? You can look. Before you had a need, God already prepared. He already prepared that you would come into a situation and if you had a need, he'd be an answer. He knew your body was frail. He knew you might get sick someday and he became healing. He knew you might come into a situation and be like, I don't, I don't really even know what to do. And he's like, I'm wisdom and revelation and understanding. And he knew you wouldn't have the answer for salvation. And so he became the lamb that was slain and he became the savior of the world. And he came and he saved us and he washed us and he made us white. He made his blood so powerful that it would cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Like he became an answer for every situation that you face. And a lot of times we sit down in our own countenance and our own wisdom and our own thoughts and think, well, how can I, I'm going to figure this out. And yet he has made available to you something that you can just take hold of and possess. It would be like if you came to this door in my house. I don't know if you know what door this is in my house. Does anybody know? Somebody guessed it. Pantry. If you came to this door in my house, you might like to get some food inside. Uh, Maybe not. There's not that much in there, actually, that you'd probably want. My mom's shaking her head now. My pantry compared to my mother's pantry, quite different. Quite different. I, I don't know why. It just is. We're just different people. But you, you wouldn't actually have access into my house unless I gave it to you. And most likely, even if you came in and I invited you in, most of you probably wouldn't just go straight to the pantry and go in. I mean, there might be a few people that are like, I'm hungry. You have to have close relationship like that to just go into someone's pantry. I mean, my children go into my, my mother's pantry all the time. Like, can we have this? Can we have that? There's no, there's no whatever, whatever that word is. Hold back. No barriers. Yeah. It's, oh gosh. <laughs> I need to go to Walmart and get some groceries. My mom just said my pantry's empty. It might be. It just has some good uh, Lucky Charms in it. That's, that's all we need. <laughs> well, this got off topic. There's points in our lives that we have access and we have the key to something to open it and unlock it because we have possession of that key. And Cadence owned that lock because I gave it to him at Christmas and he had possession. So he really could have come up and gotten it any time. And then he also had a knowledge that I actually had a key that he could give it to someone else. 
And there are things in the kingdom that you possess that you need to share with others so that they might unlock what they need in their lives, that they might see the kingdom differently, that they might see Jesus for who he is, that they might, there might be a new reality that they can experience him, him, him in, that they're in desperate longing for. And you actually have an access to that. So when you come in contact with that key of wisdom, share the wisdom, share the revelation, impart it to someone else. See, that happened for me in my life. There was a moment in when I was a new mom and I had Callie as a little baby and I went to church and I got her dedicated at church. And in the midst of the being dedicated, we went into the room and the pastor of the church came into the room and he was sharing with us as parents, like what the, what dedicating your children is to the Lord, all the things. But he said something in that moment and he said, you know, God in you, has put the very keys that you need to raise this child of yours. Because God gave you this child on purpose, and you carry the keys that are going to unlock things in their lives. And he spoke that, and I mean, and I just grabbed a hold of that. And as I went through my parenting with my children, I thought, when I hit moments and I'm not really sure what to do with them, I'm like, no, I actually have access. There's an access through heaven of the key of wisdom I need to unlock this space. And so him speaking that over me has carried it through. And so then uh, there was a moment in, in my story that I was sitting at church just like you. And my dad was preaching a message. And there's, you know, you don't remember every message, but this message for some reason, like, got inside of my heart. And he was sharing about peace. And I probably was maybe in high school when you shared it. I'm not sure, but I would say it's dated back that far at least. And he talked about peace and he talked about the shalom peace of God. And he said something about when you speak the word shalom peace, that it actually creates this bubble that surrounds you that you can step inside of and it changes everything. And there's this peace that God has offered us. And so when I think about the promise of God and the peace of God, I came into the situation this week and one of my children, they were really struggling and everything that was in the house that was messy was irritating them. And there was chaos up here. And then this stuff was chaotic and they were stressing and they're like, I can't even handle all of these things. And then you're saying that. And all of a sudden I took hold of that key and I said, hold on a second. I said, my dad preached a message once and he said that if you speak shalom peace, that you can step inside of that space and then the peace of God can change what's going on. Nothing in the room changed and nothing in, in the circumstances changed, but inside of him, inside of us, the peace of God can change everything. And then we can rest in that. And all of a sudden there was this key that unlocked a space that I was like, that was the Lord. That was actually powerful to say, I can, I, the peace that we can actually speak into existence that changes everything when nothing else changes. And so I was like, God, thank you for these keys that unlock the kingdom. There is peace that's available to you. It actually says in John 14, 27, peace, I leave you my peace. I give you. 
It isn't like the way the world does it. It's different. And that's the shalom peace of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. When you speak that, it makes God actively present in your situation. When you speak his name, it makes him actively present in your situation. Just think about your children saying, mom, are you now actively present in the situation? They might have to say, mom, 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 mom. They might have to do that to me because sometimes, you know, I don't really always want to answer. (laughs) But I'm not God and God always will answer. And Jeremiah, he says, call to me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't know. And that is the God you serve. That's a promise just to take hold of it saying, you know what? If I ask God, he'll talk to me. And I can hear him. And he's not just going to tell me what I want to know. He's going to tell me things that are way bigger than me. And take me into a new frame. Into something that's mysterious and wonderful and good and large. He's going to lead me into a door that's brand new. He promises you freedom. He promises you joy. He promises you healing. For me, he's promised that he would be a father to the fatherless. And I have actively, presently positioned him that in my home. He said he'd be justice for you and redemption. He said he'd be peace for you. There's promises that are yours that they're kind of like to me, like this third box. Who has the key? Anybody? Nobody? If you had the key, would you just come and open it? See, the key is, the key is, is this is what we think sometimes uh, it is like with God. It's locked, and we try to try to figure out where the key is first, and then we have to try to figure out. And then by the time we searched a little bit, if you've ever played hide-and-seek, you probably gave up halfway through. Like, I don't really want to find it anymore. The thing is with God, it's not like that. It's actually not locked at all. It's just available to you. And sometimes it's like this. It's like having a gift card. I've had this gift card since Christmas. And I've went to Starbucks since Christmas. It's still in the package. You have a gift card that you haven't used, but you've been there. It's like, why didn't I just use this instead of my own money? I don't know. Because I'm like, and I think sometimes that uh, the things with God are like that. Like they sit and they're, they're right there available for you to have access to and use. But you do it all up in your own strength and your own wealth and your own thought and your own wisdom and all of this. And God's saying, no, I want you to understand that I'm the door. And I want you to walk into new areas with me. I want you to experience more of me. There is so much more of him. And you have to actually own it. It's, it's just different when you own it. Do you, do you think about something you own? Just think about how you feel about it a little bit differently.
after Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, and then he met Zacchaeus in the tree, and he encountered him, he came out, and all the people were in the midst of it. They were walking out of Jericho. And in Luke 11, I mean, 19, 11, it says, and I, as they heard these things, they've encountered these things about God, he proceeded to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. And I was thinking about how important you owning right now is. A lot of times we get caught in that, well, whenever, you know, like we just, we just take a back seat sometimes and we're supposed to own it. Sometimes we just lay down and just like whatever happens, happens. And, and God is calling you into a place of actual ownership. And, and how he explained the parable to him is he's like, look, because he knew what they were thinking. He said, I'm going to give these, uh, this money or their minas or something like that to, to these people. And he's saying, well, I'm gone. Get busy. And he gave them a gift. And then when he came back, he, he said, well, what did you do with it? And some of them had multiplied it and some of them had, hadn't. And each of you possess the gifts of God. And I kind of feel like it's like we just think that there are promises that are out there floating instead of that you actually own them. You have ownership in this. And it changes the outlook. It changes the frame. It changes how you, you step into something when you own it. When you get in somebody else's car and drive it, it feels like, oh, I don't know, I, maybe I shouldn't do this. I mean, I don't know if any of you would like me to just go out and start your car and drive away with it. I don't think so, right? But you even think about driving your car. No, you get in it, you drive it, you own it. You own it. And there's things that God is asking you to start owning like, like he did when Jesus was on the earth. Own the gifts of God in your life. He's put gifts inside of you and they can sit like a gift card. And you never actually use them. They're there. It's available. And you just, well... I'll just do that, you know, how about the time you have on the earth, owning it, saying, I'm here for such a time as this. There's things that God has for me to do. There's plans and purposes he has for me to do this very day. Now is the day of reconciliation. Now is the day of salvation. Now is healing. What Pastor Ruth was saying this morning about us actually seeing opportunities and grabbing them. No, I'm taking hold of that. I'm possessing the land. If you looked out, how much of the land do you think the enemy has right now? You possess it. Go ahead and just start taking ownership of it and saying, nope, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. My family, the generations, my parenting I'm going to own. My relationships I'm going to own. I'm going to own my growth this year. I'm growing in the kingdom. I'm growing with Jesus. I'm growing stronger in my physical body. Owning your faith. He gave you a measure of faith. Do you use it? Do you live it out with all that you have? Saying, I'm putting faith to work. If uh, No one's going to deny me of what I can have faith in to believe for. 
I'm not even going to stop me. Because if you could, if you, if you're here and you could go up here, let's go up here. Right? If Jesus actually gave that to you. See, he showed all the pictures of what he did on the earth and healing and miracles and signs and wonders. And he says, guess what? You can do greater things than I did. That's more. That's because you serve a God that's that big. That he's not limited to only what Jesus said. He's always advancing. He's always doing more. And all he says is key. The key is your faith. Faith unlocks it. Your freedom, even. Do you own your freedom? It says in Christ, he's given us freedom and liberty. And we walk around enslaved to depression and fear and anxiety and hopelessness. And you actually can war against that and say, no, by Christ, he's given me freedom. And you need to maybe call upon some people around you say, nope, we're joining forces and we're moving forward. We're going to keep pressing on. We're going to keep going after more of God. There's, if there's more, then let's get it. I'm digging for gold. I'm not stopping just because I get a little weak and a little tired. No, God's strength is going to empower me to keep going. Uh, going after more this year. There isn't anything on, uh, that isn't accessible because of Jesus. He's given you all access to the kingdom. Anyone that came and asked for healing, he healed. That means there is access to healing. There's access to hope. There's access to joy. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what it looks like, you can't live by sight. You have to live by faith. People should look at your life and say, that person, they live by faith. I want to live by more faith. I want to see my faith at work every single day. There are things for me that I'm taking hold of. Like I was like, I writing is mine. I own that space with God. We do that space together because there's a lot of doubt that can sit next to me and want to try to take possession of my writing, but I own it. The gifts and the prophetic works in my life, I own those gifts because he's given them to me and I'm going to let them work in my life in and out and all the days of my life through every access point God wants to use in me. And provision is mine. My pantry's going to be full. <laughs> it could be because I buy too much coffee. It's from the simplest things to the big things in your life. To realizing that you have a position, that you own that space. You know, because you live in Warth County, you have position in this county to own it, to say we're not letting these things in our county. Because you live in America, you have a position of authority to shift everything. If you need reference for that, go to Esther's story. If you need reference for that, go to Joseph's story. There's people in the Bible that position, they were mountain movers. There are people in the earth that God positioned to change the culture, to change what was happening. So I encourage you, 
to take ownership of at least one thing. One promise. If you just say, I'm going to just take one hold of one promise and I'm going after it with everything I have. And the crowd that surrounds me that might say something different, I'm going to silence them and maybe yell all the more like by and Barnabas. You know how happy he must have been to receive his sight? Would you stand with me? Jesus, you are the door for your sheep. You're an access point for us that we might enter and experience you more. God, I'm asking that seeds were planted this morning that would grow a harvest of fruitfulness in our lives, that your word would work in and through us. I ask you, God, to shift our mindset to take ownership in the things that you have given us, that we would walk in a different way than we've walked before, that we would walk in the authority that you've given us, that we would recognize that it's all from you and that you've given it all. We just thank you, God. We thank you that every promise in the word of God is yes in Jesus. And we shout and stamp our amen to that. And we grab a hold of them, God. And this year we choose to knock and we choose to seek and we choose to ask more and more, God. And we ask that you would give us opportunities to share the wisdom and the keys and the revelation to others so they might have access to you and know you more. God, we thank you for salvation. You're worthy and you're holy. And we, we just honor you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask if the elders would come. I feel like this morning they're going to stand here like as a tunnel. And you can walk through and they're going to bless you for 2024, but they're going to bless your access into what God has given you. And so they're going to make like a a place to walk through between them. And they're just going to lay hands on you and bless you as you walk through. And so if you want to, as we close the service, I encourage you to come, just come and be that this morning as they, as people, as you walk through, receive what God has for you this morning.